Maestro, it is a joy to meet you. I'm Jim Cunningham. We're at the symphony at Heinz Hall in the conductor's dressing room. It's very exciting to have you here this weekend. Before we begin, I must ask the correct pronunciation of your name. I'm a radio announcer. We sometimes get it wrong. Karabits? Karabits? Well, well, in England they say Karabits, but uh, you can choose whichever version you. I mean, in my language it's Karabits, um, and Kirill is the first name. So, Well, on YouTube, I see a, a Ukrainian announcer, Karabits. Yes. So Karabits it will be. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're delighted with the program that you've brought us. Uh, we have our trumpet, Micah Wilkinson, playing the Haydn. Have you ever looked at Anthony, Anthony Plog before? He is new to us, uh, a scherzo, and it's a world premiere of the orchestration of the scherzo. Yes, I know. He wanted to do a little encore after Haydn, and it's perfectly fine because Haydn is, very, is a very short piece. I mean, it's only 14, 15 minutes. So, um, of course, we should. And, and that's the piece he wanted to do. So I'm very happy. It's fiendishly difficult. Yeah, it's very technical. But the trumpet. Very technical. <laughs> <laughs> and the Haydn everybody loves. Yeah, it's, it's a masterpiece, yes, definitely. And fits nicely in this uh, sort of neoclassical kind of program that we're doing. It's, it's a nice uh, piece after Stravinsky and also before Tchaikovsky. So Tchaikovsky is a very classical symphony in a way because... Uh, I mean, he was um, the, the, his early symphonies um, is um, is an example of how he wanted to to sort of um, explore the, the the Germanic structure of of a symphony, but fulfill it with with his own world and fulfill it with Russian Ukrainian folk themes. So this is what what's unique. But it's it's classical. I mean, the, it's it's a very classical structure. Um, there's trio, there is, uh, uh, you know, so it's, it, so it's, it's, it's a classical program. The second is so great, hearing it f through the door, it sounded fantastic. And the Pittsburgh Symphony recorded it with Lauren Mazel. It was a terrific record. We must get you a copy to check oh, out at please. some point. <laughs> yes, but yes. here we have fantastic folk music, which is Ukrainian folk yes, music. Yes, it is, definitely. And very few people know that actually the word Little Russian, that means Ukrainian, because Little Russia was a nickname of that territory uh, in 19th century. Uh, most people think it's, it's a Little Russian symphony, but it's not, a, it's not that at all. It's, it's a Ukrainian symphony. And, and Tchaikovsky did have very, very strong connections to the Ukraine. He spent... Uh, um, uh, months uh, at his sister's estate uh, in the Ukraine and he loved the culture, he loved the folk music um, and there, there are so many pieces uh, where he uses actually Ukrainian folk music. Uh, the, 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 the famous example is, uh, is the finale of the first piano concerto which is a Ukrainian but it's a Ukrainian folk, folk theme and then this symphony is full of that as well. Did you hear any of the tunes growing up as a child? Are they still heard in I Ukraine think, today? Yes, I do. I mean, the last movement uh, of the symphony it has this uh, um, f very famous uh, melody, which we all know. So why has it been overshadowed by 4, 5, and 6 that we don't hear it more often? 
I think because it's difficult, because it's stylistically difficult, um, because it, it's it's more an experimental uh, kind of style. So you have to find the right sound. Uh, it has to be uh, Germanic in some ways. So so uh, everything kind of close to Brahms in terms of how you. Uh, articulate and how you but at the same time it's not that at all it has also it has this slavonic uh, kind of spirit and, and and energy so the combination of the two is not the most obvious so so uh, it's it's um it's a difficult task for a conductor uh, and the orchestra of course to find that right sound for the for the symphony this is your first meeting with the Pittsburgh Symphony. Does it sound right to you, what they're doing? We're getting there, yes. I mean, they're wonderful. I mean, it's just, it's just not, nothing to say. They're wonderful. But, uh, yeah, it is not easy, so we've, we haven't been wasting time. Uh, it's all about long, short, uh, th- that eight note uh, could be a little bit longer, but not too long. It's all about... Can you do it shorter, but not too short? Uh, longer, but not too long? It's in the middle... So it's very difficult. Not every orchestra would accept. Uh, sometimes orchestras, they just want to be, you know, they, what do you want? Loud, uh, soft. Uh, so when it gets into that sort of level of, can you do it in the middle, not too loud, but uh, present, then it can become very tricky for a conductor, especially a guest conductor that doesn't know the orchestra. I mean, with my orchestra, I can, I can do whatever I want, but they don't know me. So uh, it's dangerous kind of <laughs> path that I've chosen. But they seem to be very, very musical. I mean, catching things so quickly. Uh, I mean, wonderful orchestra. Congratulations. And did you have a chance to hear them on radio records uh, in performance? Oh, I, know, I, know, I know, though, yes. I mean, I've, I've listened to many, many rec- recordings. Uh, um, and um, I think it's your privilege to have such great orchestra. Stravinsky loved Tchaikovsky's music. Mm. Yes, definitely. And the ballets, you know, all his, all Stravinsky's ballets, they grow from Tchaikovsky ballets. It's the same tradition. And the Pulcinella, we have Stravinsky in the neoclassical mode. Yes, it's his uh, um, sort of first uh, real uh, attempt to write a neoclassical um, composition of that scale. Uh, it's it's also tricky because as a conductor, which way do you, I mean, which route do you take? Do you make it sound like Pergolesi, or do you make it sound like Stravinsky? I mean, I've tried many different ways, and I come to the conclusion it is a piece by Stravinsky, although he does use original Pergolesi melodies in it. But it's very difficult to make it sound like Pergolesi. I mean, Stravinsky puts. Uh, Um, I mean, his presence is too strong in the piece. So it is a 20th century, to me, it is a 20th century piece, which of course reflects on early music. But of course, we shouldn't forget, you know, at that time when he was writing it, we didn't have uh, Nikolaus Arnoncourt and we didn't have John Elliott Gardiner, so we didn't know, I mean, they didn't know how this music could be done with original instruments. There was no performance practice as we know it today so it was Stravinsky's guess how how this music could have been done so it's an interesting it's a, it's a hybrid piece in a way stylistically it's a uh, hybrid so n- not easy not easy to find the right sound
And Pulcinello, this was a puppet figure that Europeans knew. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a puppet figure that appears in different situations. But um, I have to say, the suite, uh, we're, not, we're not that much in the storytelling of Pulcinella. It's more uh, like a st stylistic... It's, 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 a, it's an orchestral piece of music. It doesn't have... We're not telling any stories with, with this, do, by doing the suite. It's all about the neoclassical style. You are new to Heinz Hall. We want to know about you. Ah. You have come from Bournemouth, from Weimar. Where have you arrived from? Well, I actually arrived from Moscow. Um, I had two, uh, two concerts with the Russian National Orchestra. Um, I do go to Bournemouth uh, since 2008. I'm chief conductor there. Um, I did have a position in Weimar. Uh, I live in Paris and I'm Ukrainian. <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> a musician of the world. Yeah. Wow. So uh, where is the center of your music making now? Where are you doing most of your work? Um, most of my work is in, in England and in the Ukraine. This pandemic year brought me back home. Uh, I, I, I used to go there maybe twice a year, but now during this last year and a half, I, I, I went there regularly. And I, um, you know, it's, it has been strange, of course, for all of us, a strange time, but, but I felt that I need to go back to my, my roots, otherwise I'm not going to survive. I will just come out empty. Uh, so I needed this. I really needed that. So I, I went and started conducting youth orchestras there and, and doing some, inventing some, some projects. So Ukraine and England are my two places of... Where were you born in Ukraine? Was it near where Tchaikovsky found the folk tunes? <laughs> no. Uh, well, I was born in Kiev. Um, but um, I do think... Tchaikovsky is a Ukrainian composer. I mean, it is also a Russian composer, but we know examples like that. We know Brahms was born in Germany and, 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 and lived in Austria. So both countries consider him their composer. So that, that's how I feel about Tchaikovsky. He's my composer. And how are you feeling about the situation in Ukraine now? It's been such a tumultuous time in recent years, turmoil in your country, and, and yet this is such a beautiful world of, of deeply felt love of country. We have a Ukrainian population here in Pittsburgh. There's a Ukrainian radio hour that's been running for many years. People came here to work in the mills after the Second World War and before, uh, but it's been a crazy time in Ukraine. Uh, how are you feeling about the future? Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, it's very, very difficult. But what I'm trying to do, uh, and what I feel maybe is even my mission, is to take examples like Tchaikovsky and say, look, we don't have to fight. We could, I mean, Ukrainians could consider him Ukrainian composer, and Russians could consider him Russian composer. We don't have to shoot at each other. This is the this is something I'm trying to push uh, on on different levels of. Sometimes politicians hear it. Sometimes, most of the time, unfortunately, they don't. But in music, we don't have uh, the same. I mean, we're not we're not trying to divide people. We're uniting people by by inviting them to make music. 
Um, so I only wish uh, politicians took the same route and we, we, we came to peaceful existence with, with, with Russia. It's such a crazy time in the world. The whole world is a yes. mess, yes. maestro. Yes. <laughs> but music brings us together. It's so great. Yes, I'm, it's, we're lucky. We're really lucky to be able to, uh, to do music and, um, and, of course, travel and uh, moving around became so difficult. I mean, it, it has been such a... I mean, I, even last week I wasn't sure I'm coming because I didn't have my visa uh, uh, and all the testing you have to do, even being vaccinated. It's, it's, I mean, the, the, the travel has become very, very difficult and tricky, but, but we are well rewarded, especially I feel I'm rewarded, you know, when I have Pittsburgh Symphony sitting in front of me <laughs> and we're making music, that's what makes you forget. Me too. I feel the same. One last question. I, I scribbled down a list of, of some of your amazing recordings because you've done so many interesting things. Boris Lyatoshinsky, yeah. Karayev, Tertarian, The List, Sardanapolo, never done yes. anywhere until you recorded it. Uh, and then you've done all these Prokofiev recordings, Walton symphonies with Nikola Benedetti, Shostakovich, and Glazunov. This is an amazing recorded legacy in a time when not so many records are being made. Yes, we're trying to be, um, and thanks to Bournemouth Symphony who supported me in this. Um, but but I, th I think, you know, nowadays everything has been recorded. Um, so uh, you really have to say something new when you do another recording. You, you really need to have a message. Um, but we, we have recorded different things. We have recorded mainstream pieces, but we have also recorded some very unknown music like ones you've mentioned, Letoshinsky, I mean, it's very no, well known to me, but, uh, but I feel as a conductor, you have to make people discover new things. Otherwise, you're all the time in this routine of doing over and over again the same pieces. Um, that's not me. I love to do some adventurous stuff, not only but I feel it's necessary. I, I, f I, I feel the necessity of, of doing this and opening some new um, experiences to audiences. And what do you recommend for the radio? What should we play in the morning on our, our radio station? Letoshinsky, Tertarian? Yes, Letoshinsky Scherzo. It's five minutes. It's also uh, a very Ukrainian. It has also folk tune like Tchaikovsky. So, we, and, and Letoshinsky, of course, grows very much from, from that tradition of, of Tchaikovsky, Mussorgsky. So it would make perfect sense. That's Kerzo, the third movement of the symphony number no. three. We will share it. And also music by your father. You must bring your dad's music <laughs> here sometime. Well. Please. <laughs> Maestro Karavitz, what a great joy to meet you. Thank you for taking the time right after rehearsal. Appreciate it so much. Thank you very much for coming and nice to meet you.